everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Buck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Buck, and today it's a How I Got Here version of the podcast with Bronson Butcher, who is a mechanic right now for GMS Racing in the Xfinity Series, but he has a much more interesting backstory than just that. Of course, has something in common with many of our featured guests on the How I Got Here podcast this season, which is that it was a windy road to where he's at today. Definitely no straight line. Nothing comes easy to these people that we've been interviewing, such as the case in most uh, industries for anybody who's made it to uh, the top or a prominent position in their field. But Bronson mentioned he's never spoken much about his background publicly before, so I appreciate him trusting me with his story. And let's jump right into how he got to where he is today. All right, everybody, I'm here with Bronson Butcher. And uh, Bronson, first of all, thank you so much for joining me. This is really awesome that you would do, you would do this. No, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Cool. So um, what do you do right now with um, GMS Racing? So I'm the tire specialist and mechanic on the number 23 uh, Xfinity car for GMS Racing. So um, people may have just picked up right there in your accent. It's not the normal, uh, probably like Southern accent or something that most people hear in NASCAR. Um, where where did this whole thing start for you? Yeah, so I've, uh, I've kind of lost my accent by now, but um, I was born and raised in Australia, a small country town in Australia. I wasn't much racing heritage in my family, but uh, my parents were always rev heads we'd go to the v8 supercar races or dirt racing drag racing all of it when i was a little kid and uh i decided i wanted to get into racing myself um started racing go-karts when i was eight and just been doing it ever since then um my first trip to america was in 2006 i went to phoenix arizona through a series of events and uh i won a uh state championship in dirt racing in australia i kind of got invited to race in phoenix and that was the first time I ever saw, like, got the experience of NASCAR. Um, until then, I'd, no one had ever heard of it in Australia. It was kind of an unknown thing huh. across the pond. But uh, from the first time I watched the cup race in Phoenix in 2006, I just I knew that's what I wanted to do ever since. Wow. So um, when you first started with, with the go-karts there, like, what is the, what's the karting scene like in Australia? Like, are, are there tons of people doing it? Is racing a, a big sport there? It is, and uh, it's very serious. It's just as serious as it is here in America. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone takes it really seriously, but the kind of tradition there, especially when I was growing up racing, everyone wanted to make it to F1 or V8 supercars. Mm-hmm. It's all road course racing. Um, there isn't any asphalt speedways. If you want to do speedway racing, you're in dirt, uh, sprint car stuff, um, which is really big in Australia too, but I was always into asphalt. Hmm. And... Uh, since I first saw the NASCAR in America, in Phoenix there, I just, I knew that's what I wanted to do. And I was kind of the first person, it was actually the same year that Ambrose made his rookie season, Marcus Ambrose mm-hmm. did his rookie season in trucks. And uh, so kind of until then, no one had ever been to America to race NASCAR. And uh, for the next few years, I know 2008, 9 and 10, I raced uh I'd come over to Las Vegas, race legend cars um, with TJ Clark and uh, his Spencer Clark driven race team. Okay. And uh, it kind of just snowballed from there. So why, I guess, what what about NASCAR appealed to you that you're like, wow, this is really cool more than like, you know, V8 supercars or or, or sprint cars even? Like why, why NASCAR? 
I'd never seen racing that was so close, like too wide. The whole field was nose to tail. Uh, and just the whole experience, like the fans, I'd never seen that many fans at a racetrack before. Uh, motorhomes tailgating as far as you can see. Uh, that's just something you don't get in road course racing, really. Um, you know, it's all about once they get through the first lap, they're all spread apart and kind of the race settles that way. But, yeah, NASCAR was just unlike anything I'd ever seen, just cars racing that close and so competitive, you know, especially back in 2006, you know, those 15 guys racing for within tenths of each other, racing for a win, who any one of them could have won. So, uh that was really impressive to me and a real eye-opener. So you said that you would come over and do, like, legend car stuff. Um, was that with the intent of, like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to get better on ovals and learn how to do oval racing? Or, like, at that time, what were your career goals and how did it go from there? Yeah, so I always uh, – and I still do. I still uh, want to make a career out of racing. Uh, cup racing was obviously the, the pinnacle there. Uh, so – while I was finishing high school, I doubled around in legend car racing and uh, late models. Raced a few late model stocks at Irwindale Speedway and the Bullring in Las Vegas. And when I finished high school, 2011, I, uh, I packed up and moved to Mooresville, North Carolina. Wow. Uh, kind of wasn't, the opportunity wasn't there for my parents to move. Um, just with the whole, the visa situation, it's, uh, it's not simple, um, but kind of, Got my start in uh, in racing with GMS Racing. They uh, I need obviously needed a job to pay the bills and all that, and started working there as a mechanic and uh, just tried my hardest to find sponsorship, find a ride, just get my foot in the door, make sure people knew my name. And so um, you're still doing racing as you mentioned um, when you can. Obviously, this is like I'm sure this has to come first. Your road life. Mm-hmm. Um, when do you find time to race, and how's that going? So for the last few years, I uh, I built my own legend car, and we race. I've raced all across the country the last two seasons. Uh, I got the pole at nationals last year, and I uh, was leading the last lap. Didn't lead the didn't lead the last lap, but uh, now we I uh, sold the legend car and GMS Racing last year. They have a super late model uh, that we built for Spencer Gallagher to run the snowboard derby two seasons ago. And since then, it's been sitting at the shop. And uh, Mike Beam came to me one day and said, "If you uh, if you want to get this car ready and find a way to get it to the track, we'll let you race it." So, my first race was the Thanksgiving Classic at Southern National Motorsports Park last year, and uh, we finished second. Wow! Um, had a bunch of the guys from the from the truck teams and Xfinity teams come and help me that weekend. It was That's a lot so of fun, cool. and Mike gave me the chance to. Uh, Anytime I can make it to the track this year, uh, we can go racing. So I did a race at Cordell, the, the Speed Fest, um, at the beginning of the season. I was having a good top 10 run and got caught up in some mess on the restart. And then uh, had a fifth place run at Concord a couple of weeks ago. But obviously it's, like you said, the road life is, uh, is what pays the bills. So I've got to keep chasing that and hopefully... We get a few off weekends towards the end of the season. We'll go racing more. So um, you mentioned that, you know, the visa situation and, you know, we I, I've talked to people on this 
the story this year where it's like, okay, I packed up from, from Wisconsin and moved down here or something like that. It's obviously a little bit harder for you and your situation, just pack up and fly across the globe essentially and, and leave your family behind. What were some of the difficulties in doing that? And has that been hard for you still to this day? It is difficult. Um, Obviously, I've got a few more barriers than a lot of people to cross when it comes to living here and trying to make a living. Uh, it's not the visa and the immigration stuff isn't easy, um, but it's it hasn't really slowed me down any. And it's funny, it comes up in conversation with my dad every once in a while when I was first trying to race in America and trying to make it over here back in 2008, 2009, in those years. Uh, we never had uh, broadband internet. So mm-hmm. we're still using like dial up where you had to, your phone rings when you try to connect to the internet. <laughs> and uh, yeah, those times were miserable. It's like to load a web page was five minutes long. So yeah, uh, it's funny how we could, what we actually managed to do with the limited resources we had back then. Um, so right now it's not so bad. It's, I tell a lot of people like, whether you're from Australia or California or Ohio, it's, you know, we all, we get on the internet to talk to our family or, mm-hmm. you know, it's my plane ride's just an extra 10 hours for most <laughs> people. So it's really not that bad. It's a small world with technology these days and um, we're able to make the most of it. When you first came to um, Mooresville, like, did you, did you know anybody or did, was it like, how did you end up at, at GMS at that time? So when I was racing legend cars in Las Vegas, Spencer Gallagher was my teammate. Oh, we okay. raced for the same team. Uh, and TJ Clark, who was kind of, who was the team owner at the time, he was a mentor for, uh, Spencer and kind of helped move Spencer to Mooresville and start up at the time. It was Arca racing and K&N East series. So when I decided I moved over here, I was, I called up Spencer and TJ and told them my plans and they're the ones that offered me the job and I kind of got my foot in the door. Wow. That's amazing. It's one thing to like. You know, if you had grown up in Las Vegas or something, but just the fact that you happen to be racing there and then met him and all that stuff, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is amazing. With racing, it's just how much of a tight-knit community it is. Like, you can – everybody knows everybody, and it's – everybody's helping other people, and it's it's really cool. So do you feel like with the the situation you're at now with the racing stuff, like um, you're just going to keep trying – you know, whenever you can to, to drive and get that racing opportunity as a driver and then, um, you know, keep doing this and, and see where it, where it leads or what's your plan with it all? I, I'm definitely not giving up on the driving thing yet. Mm-hmm. Um, for this season, uh, I'm going to do the, as many races as I can in the super late model and balance that with the Xfinity series stuff that we're doing. Uh, I definitely think in the future, uh, so GMS racing is, uh, help doing a lot with kind of helping develop future drivers for getting them in through trucks and up to the Xfinity ranks. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think I'd like to, I'd like to be on board with that and help possibly if I'm not driving, help other kids come up through and possibly help them race with the super late model. And, um, I definitely like to see other kids come up, kind of give them an opportunity that I had too. So what do you think, um, if somebody else was listening to this and they're in a the situation and they're like, well, you know, um, I, I really don't want to give up on my driving dreams yet, but, um, 
you know, maybe I, I need uh, some sort of a stable income while I'm still trying to do it. Like, is that, uh, would you recommend that to other people? Like, would you say that it's still possible to find a career doing both where you're able to balance them? Yeah, it's been very difficult, but the one thing that has got me through that got me the opportunity to drive the race car is the hard work that it took. So we work, it's a full-time job trying to do the mechanic stuff and the Xfinity and truck series. But I still, I would work on my legend car until late at night. And I think the GMS racing gang and Mike Beam saw that and saw how bad I wanted it. And so they've given me this opportunity for no other reason at all, really. Um, so I always believed, I always have that hard work pays off in the end. Mm-hmm. You might not always see it, but um, it definitely does. And I think if anyone has that dream and ambition to keep driving and just keep chasing after it, you don't. You don't know where it'll take you. I never thought I'd end up here when I was 10 years old racing go-karts in Australia. Um, and I might not be, I might not make it to the cup level, but I, it's, I've had a lot of fun and a lot of good experiences along the way. And hard work gets noticed. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing the story. I think it's going to be really cool for people. Um, it's it's funny, kind of funny, like listening to your accent. I'm like, like I still f- hear it enough, but I understand what you're saying. Like you've lost some of it since being over here. Like, do you, does your family and friends in Australia be like, Oh, like what, what's happened to your voice? Yeah. Well, actually this off season was the last time I've been home in five and a half years. Wow. And so everyone there thought I sound like an American. So <laughs> I tried that's to go awesome. home for a month and get my accent back a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Thanks so much again. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. So there you have it. Definitely appreciate Bronson taking the time to do that. And I enjoyed his sort of half Australian, half NASCAR influenced accent. I think that's that's a very unique accent. So it's pretty cool. Today, I am traveling to New York City to see the Formula E races this week, Saturday and Sunday in Brooklyn, New York, the Red Hook neighborhood. They They zip right around the cruise terminal in Brooklyn. So apparently there's going to be a view of the Statue of Liberty and the Manhattan skyline during a race. Should be very interesting. I really don't know much about Formula E. I've been trying to study up a little bit this weekend. So should be a unique experience. But I'm on my way there. And I couldn't get there, of course, without my patrons over at Patreon.com. These are the people who support um, my living and my travel and everything in between. So I really appreciate you guys. If you're interested in becoming a patron and supporting the podcast, the link is patreon.com slash Jeff underscore Gluck. There will be a post-race podcast of some kind this weekend. I haven't decided whether I'm going to do it Saturday night right after the Kentucky NASCAR race, which I'm going to watch on TV, or if I'll do it Sunday afternoon after the Formula E experience is wrapped up as well. But there will be one at some point, so it should pop up in your feed if you're a subscriber. I hope you are and appreciate all of you who do that. Anyway, until next time, thanks for listening. Talk to you later on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.